Before we go too far, let me take a moment to thank today's show sponsor, My Soul CBD. If you haven't tried CBD, I don't know what you're missing, except maybe you've been looking for a reputable company. And I'm happy to tell you, we've done our research. We've tried the products, not even tried the product. We live on the products now and not just the humans in our household, but our canines as well. So we have an older chocolate lab who's having a lot of difficulty going up and down the stairs. So I didn't know how to dose him the right amount of CBD. Obviously, I was looking for a reputable company to try pet CBD for, and they have these perfectly portioned snacks that are CBD infused for dogs, and it seems to be helping. He's going up and down the stairs so much easier now. So that's a good thing. But let's talk about you and CBD. The reason why you might want to try CBD is because number one, it's drug free. You're not going to get any high from CBD. It is all natural. In fact, my soul CBD is grown in the USA. It's organic farmed, it's gluten free, and it's drug free relief for things like anxiety stress. I mean, just if you want to chill out. And literally the gummies are so delicious, but they also have oils, they have capsules. It's wonderful for inflammation, sleeping issues. And here's the really cool part. You get 20% off automatically when you go to mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. I'm going to say that again. You get 20% off automatically. All you have to do is go to this link, which will be in the show notes, mysoulcbd.com forward slash Shaleen. And unfortunately, there's no shipping to Canada at the moment, but if you're in the United States, you're in luck. All right, let's get to the show. So what do you do when the person who is your significant other, your special boo, when it feels like you are drifting apart? What do you do? Is there anything that you can do? And how do you know if in fact it's time to just throw in the towel? How do you fix things if only one partner sees that things are broken? That and so much more today on The Shaleen Show. By the way, if you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, I've noticed this recently. If I go away from the episode and I go back to find it and I hadn't subscribed to the show, the episode like disappears and I have to try to find it again. So if for some reason you found this episode because you were just doing a key term search and you want to make sure that you don't lose it in case you get interrupted or go to another app in the middle of it. Do yourself a favor, not just when you're listening to this episode, but any episode or of any podcast. In the upper right-hand corner, you'll see that there's a little icon that you can tap on it and it gives you the option to save the episode. Obviously, I'd love to invite you to subscribe to The Shaleen Show. But if this is your first listen and you're trying to get a sense of whether you want to subscribe or not, just be sure to tap the download button so it's convenient for you to pick up where you left off. Recently, I did an episode where I said, if you've got a difficult conversation that you know you need to have with somebody and you're struggling to know exactly how to broach the subject, how to have that conversation, hit me up. And here's one of the more common topics I got from my audience. Basically, I just want more undivided attention either with me or my kids or as a family instead of being on the phone, friends, work. I feel like sometimes we're we're not number one, we might be number four or five on the list to him. So that's something that I wanted to spark up in a conversation with him. And as I mentioned in my response in that episode, by the way, you should go back and listen to it. I'll put a link in the show notes because we talked about all kinds of difficult conversations. But this one is really less about a conversation and more about behaviors, more about changing our dynamic 
And it's a really common theme. I can't even tell you how many people told me. Well, I think it was something like 70% of my audience said that they often will experience periods of time where they feel very disconnected from their partner. And really, that's what this listener is telling me. I feel disconnected. I feel like he's not interested in spending time with me. We're drifting apart. And even though she mentioned the family, let's face it, if you feel connected to your partner, then you're going to feel like you're both connected to the family. I know that we would not have gotten that question had she and her husband felt really connected, but for some reason she felt like he wasn't as engaged with the kids because it just trickles down if mom and dad aren't connected. So whether you're married or just in a relationship and feeling like you're losing touch with each other, you're drifting apart, you're growing apart, you're not as close as you once were, not spending as much time together as you'd like, there's just something is missing, something is slipping, I want you to know there's something you can do. There's a lot you can do. There's a lot the two of you should be doing, but let's start with you. Not because you're at fault, but because you're the one who's listening to this episode and you're the one, you looked at the title and you said, this is important, I need to hear this. Let me start by just saying that there isn't one reason why you might feel more distant from your partner. It can be all kinds of things, but most of the time it stems from one or both of your inabilities to communicate, to express what's really going on, what you're really feeling or what it is you really need, what it is you're really going through. That's that intimacy. It could be that your partner is dealing with an addiction that you are completely unaware of, she said from personal experience. And I can tell you that there was a slow building of this distance between Brett and I And it was such a slow build of this distance that it wasn't like one day I woke up and I was like, what's going on with you? It was in the back of my mind and I kept thinking it and thinking it. And every time I asked him about it, then I became that pestering wife. And the more I asked him, the more annoyed he was with my question. But I sensed that there was that distance. I later learned it was an addiction that was present. But guess what? He could have said the very same things about me because I was growing more and more distant from him because I was deep in my own addiction to work. Addictions aren't just, you know, shooting a needle up in an alley. Addictions can be porn, gambling, shopping, work, gaming, prescription drugs, alcohol, even social media. Sometimes this stems from our own early childhood experiences, like maybe when mom and dad argued or when mom felt depressed because she was gaining weight or dad felt discouraged because, I don't know, he wasn't making enough money at work or for whatever reason, what you saw or what your partner saw as the way to handle this unhappiness is to just kind of separate yourself, kind of as a means by which to be passive aggressive. In other words, like if I distance myself from this person, then they're going to want to figure out why and they're going to dig in a little bit deeper. That's one reason why it could happen. It could also be because There is this dynamic between the two of you where you've established this dance, this pattern, where if I pull away, then they come in fast and furious and they shower me with attention. So I give them the silent treatment or I act distant in order to get them to connect with me. It could be that your partner just needs some more alone time. They're trying to figure out their energy and it's off. And so just them wanting to spend more time alone might feel like they're trying to be distant And maybe they're an introvert and you're an extrovert. It could be because of stress. We are all dealing with so much stress. By the way, did you know that your socioeconomic 
status has a greater impact on your relationship than just about anything else. And think about why that would be true. When we're stressed, we don't have the room, the space, the emotion, or the energy to connect with somebody else when we're just trying to manage our own feelings. And so it's not uncommon when one partner feels under a lot of stress that you have to take care of yourself and therefore you, it feels as though to your partner, you don't care about them. And the demands of the partner who's feeling that distance, in other words, that partner who's like, hey, what about me? Why are you acting this way? Why do you seem so distant? Questions like that doesn't create intimacy or closeness. It creates more stress. And don't forget that our brains are wired to imagine the worst possible scenario. So you might be listening to this episode because you're worried that your boo is fooling around with somebody else or is interested in somebody else or is falling out of love with you. And that's normal. We are hardwired to think about the worst to protect ourselves. So don't beat yourself up or think that you're different from anybody else. I've done it too. It's normal. That's how we protect ourselves. But even if the distance you're feeling is because your partner is engaged in some type of betrayal, whether that's addiction, an affair, or some other type of deception, the distance probably preceded whatever activity or whatever things are doing right now that are damaging the relationship, sometimes beyond the point of repair. So I just got to tell you, when you first start to feel those instincts that there's some form of distance starting to happen between the two of you, that is when you have got to take action. All right, let's face it. It takes two people to create a relationship. And when you think about how you first got involved with this person, there were some things at play. First of all, there was convenience, right? And coincidence. It's a coincidence the two of you met. And maybe you don't believe in coincidences. Maybe you believe this was all planned before you were even born. That's possible. But the fact of the matter is you had to come together. Somebody had to introduce you. You had to both be at the same bar at the same time. The opportunity had to present itself, and it did for the two of you. Now, interestingly enough, research has shown that despite what dating apps would have us believe, which is, you know, if you've got these certain interests and I've got these certain interests, then our profiles will probably link and will be quote unquote a match. And then we can swipe and connect and go on a eHarmony date or whatever app you're using. There's a whole bunch of them now. There's a million of them now. And because we've got these mutual interests and we're quote unquote compatible, there's a very good chance that sparks are going to fly and we're going to have a connection and live happily ever after. But despite what the dating apps would have us believe, and despite sometimes even what our logic would have us to assume, the truth of the matter is, it's how that person makes us feel initially when we first meet, whether it's the first date or the first month or the first six months, it's how they make us feel first and foremost. Then we might look at whether we have complementary interests, whether we have things in common, if our values align our wants and desires for the future, and of course, if we are physically, emotionally, and intellectually attracted to each other. Now, I hesitated for a moment when preparing for this episode. I hesitated to talk about what it is that brings people together, because this is an episode where we're going to talk about the things that pull us apart. But if we're going to talk about coming back together, we've got to think about, we've got to remember what it felt like and what it was that drew us together. So the very first thing that I want you to do is think back on those things that were happening between the two of you that drew you to each other. Sure, it might have been circumstance. It might have been physical attraction. 
But without a doubt, your partner, the person that you're with, the person you're romantically inclined to spend time with, you were attracted to each other because they made you feel something. Oftentimes, that's they're interested in us. They make us feel understood or heard or appreciated or adored or we feel special. We feel attractive. We feel interesting. And all of these things signal our brains to release chemicals that make us feel all of the hormones associated with love, associated with wanting to be close. In those early stages, we're often very intimate. And by intimate, I don't mean physically intimate. I mean, we often share things with our prospective partner. We don't with other people. And then we respond to the way they respond to us. Were they interested? Did they seek to know more? Did they make us feel okay, validated, safe? And it is the relationships where people share more of those intimate details early and get a positive response. It's those relationships that are more often than not the ones that succeed in the long run because it's that emotional intimacy that creates a successful breeding ground for all other forms of intimacy, sexual intimacy, psychological intimacy, physical intimacy, spiritual intimacy. Intimacy is the cornerstone of closeness. And if you take nothing else away from this podcast, I hope that you will just really sit with that for a second. And when you think about what are the things that we need to work on, it's not necessarily date night or having an awkward conversation. It's not about having more sex or better sex. It's about really, frankly, if you really want to be close to your partner, you've got to create more intimacy. While speaking our mind and communicating and telling our partner, hey, you know, I wish we could spend more time together. I wish that when we were together, you just focused on me or I had your undivided attention. While those things are great, they're really not that great. They aren't going to get you anywhere because that just puts the other person on defense. And we certainly don't create more intimacy when we are pointing fingers or telling someone what they've done wrong. Remember, intimacy is different. It's connecting with somebody on a deeper level. It's sharing something very intimate about ourselves and then noticing how they respond and how interested they are. So if you're the person right now, this is the first tip I want you to really think about this. If you want things to change and there's only one person that you have control over and that's you, then you've got to ask yourself, what is it that I can do that makes this other person just really drawn to me? What is in it for them? It's got to feel good. And it doesn't feel good when we have to spend time with someone or we don't feel like we're doing things the right way. And and they've told us that when it feels like an unmet need or an obligation or responsibility that doesn't feel that doesn't have the same rewards that intimacy has. Now, again, you're trying to bring the two of you back together and we can only work with you because your partner isn't listening to this episode. So the very first thing you've got to do is you've got to remember what you made them feel, not what they made you feel. What you made them feel in the beginning when they opened up to you and you were hanging on every word and you were genuinely interested and excited. Good relationships don't just happen. I mean, that's a misconception. It's not that you've picked the wrong person in most cases. I mean, sometimes we do. Frankly, sometimes we do. But more often than not, good relationships are not just a coincidence. They take a lot of work. They take action. As they say, love is an action verb. It's not necessarily a feeling, it's a verb. And connected couples learn that they have to dedicate themselves to making those connections with each other, that they have to be dedicated and spend time and focused attention 
trying to figure out how to make the other person feel desired, feel safe, feel close, feel respected, feel adored. That's step one. And I know this sounds lousy. You're like, Shalene, I'm doing all these things and he's just ignoring me or she just wants nothing to do with me. Don't worry, I'm going to get to what happens if you've been doing all these things and it's just not working. But I just am asking you to really think about how you can make them feel through the continued exploration of each other. Like there's still things you need to get to know about your partner. I don't care if you've been married for 35 years or you've been together for three months. It doesn't matter. There's still more for you to learn about your partner, things for you to explore. And here's the key. Happy couples understand that they have to continually pursue exploration of each other and new things, new things together. Now, it goes without saying that you need your independence in order to be interdependent versus codependent. You've got to explore things on your own. You're not going to be healthy if everything you do is together and you don't ever have your own thing. However, when it comes to growth, you have to make a conscientious effort to explore new things together. Otherwise, you're both growing in completely different directions, speaking different languages, excited about new things where there's no commonality. Okay, guys, I'm recording this from my car because I realized I left out one of the most important parts, one of the most important reasons, one of the most common reasons, I should say, why couples grow distant, and that is kids. Think about it. That's a season where you only have 24 hours in a day, Relationships take time, and most of the time when couples decide to have a child together, they agree that child is a priority, oftentimes to the detriment of their relationship. You've only got 24 hours in the day. If mom or dad, whichever one is the primary caregiver, is exhausted, and especially when the kids are young, it's really hard to have more energy and more even emotion and the ability to connect on an intimate level with your partner. Okay, back to the stuff that's recorded in the podcast studio. Now, if you listened to my previous episode where I talked about the eight stages of a relationship, you know that one of the more dangerous stages is the one where you're kind of going on autopilot, where it's business as usual, where you're cooperating with each other because you've been together for so long, it's almost like your roommates or you're parenting together. You feel like business partners. You feel like you've got a great friendship, but it's missing that spark. It's missing that something that used to light you up inside. So what can you do? You can be very intentional about doing the unexpected. Think about all the things your partner has come to expect from you and what would blow them away. What would shock them? What would excite them again? What would excite you again? Put some spontaneity into this. I want you to literally put me on pause for a second and come up with some crazy, wild idea that you know your significant other would just be freaking blown away. It's their love language. It's their desire. It's their fantasy. It's something that maybe you guys did when you were first together or dating. It's something you talked about. It's something you just know he or she would love because you know them so well. And here's the key. It has to be something that they would really be quite shocked that you've planned it. I mean, do something special, do something unexpected and do that regularly. It's also really important that you know your significant other's love language. Now, listen, listen, if you're listening to this episode because you feel like it's your partner that's being distant and you're 
already getting kind of resentful because I'm talking about all these things that you're supposed to do. And if you already have a wall up and you're saying out loud or maybe subconsciously, I've already tried that. I'm doing that. Those thoughts aren't going to help you. I mean, you're listening to this episode because you want change. So if you put up a block, if you start telling yourself, I've already done all these things and nothing will work, you're right. Nothing will work. But if you believe that there's still potential, then it'll shift your mindset. And yet it does sometimes start with you, even when you feel like they're the problem. So it's really important that you know your significant other's love language. I bet you know what it is right now. It's either more often than not, I'm going to list the five gifts, words of affirmation, physical touch, time together, and acts of service. Oftentimes we have like two of those things that are really important to us. Whatever your significant other's love language is, give them more of that more often. And I'm just going to keep repeating this theme because it's so powerful. But if your every interaction with your significant other, you're asking yourself, what can I do right now? What can I say right now that will make this person feel kind of adored or special, noticed, important, connected? It can be something really simple. Like maybe when you first started dating, every time your partner left, you said, I love you and you hugged them and kissed them. And, and now it's just like, bye. Or maybe you don't even say goodbye. You just leave. I mean, it's the little things. It's the little things. It's, it's treating each other like we're dating again, like we're courting each other. What can you do right now that would show your partner that you're making them a priority? Notice that to this point, I haven't given you many suggestions on what you need to tell your partner to do differently because it really does start with us. When we want people to behave differently, we can't change other people. Nobody ever has responded to us with the rare exception of a true ultimatum. And a true ultimatum is when you have just, you've had enough and you really are ready to leave. And you can say, if you do this, I might stay. If you don't do this, I have to leave. Like that's a true ultimatum. And you really need to think about all the consequences associated with you leaving, especially if there are kids involved. But for the most part, I really think you got to start with you and asking yourself, what can you do? That's going to make them feel differently about you because they will mirror your effort. In most instances, y'all, I know that there are exceptions. Trust me when I say I know there are exceptions. There was a period of time where I was doing all of these things. I kid you not. All of these things. And I felt like we were not getting any closer. In fact, there was more and more and more distance and more anger and kind of like passive aggressiveness coming from Brett. and. You know, little did I know at that time that that's when his addiction was at an all-time high. But there's no way he would have agreed to go to therapy and to work through it once the addiction was discovered had I not been doing all of these things. Like, I had to give him a reason. Like, what would be in it for him to put in the effort to repair our relationship and to repair himself and to do this uncomfortable work that so many people don't want to do? All relationships take a lot of work. You will never just set it and forget it. If you are, whatever stage that you're in right now, as you're working towards getting to that happily ever after where you are intimately connected, mentally, physically, spiritually, sexually, all of those things, and you have this incredible amount of trust and adoration and respect, that I believe is possible for most couples. Not all, but most couples. And it's true. A relationship will never get to that stage if both people aren't interested in doing the work. but. 
Let's also be clear that it takes one partner to start the work. It takes one partner to be the leader. It takes one partner to swallow their pride, to be smart about this, to be emotionally evolved, to have the emotional intelligence to understand how to get to their partner, how to help them to feel a certain way, because nobody will change unless they feel loved and accepted and adored. So like being combative and arguing and pointing fingers and crying and demanding and having the same arguments over and over and over again are pointless. Listen, you got to make your partner feel loved and adored if you want to get them to go to therapy, if you want to get them to consider changing, if you want to get them to feel closer to you, if you want them to open up and to be more intimate with you. They need to feel safe. They need to feel loved. They need to feel adored. And that isn't something that happens overnight. That takes time. So if you have felt this growing distance for months, maybe even years, and you think that you can put these practices into place for a week or two and get frustrated because it's not working, don't kid yourself. It's going to take more than that. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. It's going to take faith. It's going to take courage and strength, commitment and determination. It takes work. It takes planning. And I mean planning on paper. I would literally write down the things that I needed to force myself and remind myself to do because I just knew that he was getting a harder and harder exterior. Does that make sense? Every day, he was becoming less and less like the person I had married and less of the person I knew. And again, eventually, I figured out that that was the addiction. This is really hard for me to say. I did not like my husband at that time. I didn't like him. The guy that he became at that stage in our marriage was someone I would never have married. That's somebody I wouldn't want to father my kids. I feel so bad saying that. But even Brett will say that he didn't like that guy either because it wasn't him. It was addiction. And it consumed his every thought, his every waking moment. It kept him up at night. It was a constant heaviness. It's also the reason why when I did confront him, he told me it felt like the weight of the world had been lifted from his shoulders. Like I was devastated and he was so relieved. And I'm telling you that because I had to force myself to reminisce, to think back on what it was that I was so attracted to and not just physically, but like, what about his personality? What was there? Like, what is his essence? And I had to keep reminding myself and reminiscing about that time in order to follow through on the things I needed to do to soften him, to get him to go to therapy and to make these changes. I loved him. I didn't love the distant, angry, passive aggressive version of him that I had to live with for that period of time. And I'm telling you, I understand how easy it is to feel like you're falling out of love or that like someone has changed when they behave in this way. But keep in mind that one of the things that makes people incredibly distant is financial strain. That kind of stress can preoccupy a person's mind. It can overwhelm us. And when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed, when we feel responsible, when we feel the weight of the world, just the same way that he did, the weight of the world on our shoulders, it is really hard to connect with the person that we need to turn to. It's really hard to do that, which is another reason why like, all of this comes together for me. It's the reason why my other show, Build Your Tribe. Build Your Tribe is a podcast, I hope you already subscribed to it, that the whole goal of it is to help people feel lighter, 
have a happier, easier life, to focus on the things that matter most. And I mean, the reason why I encourage so many people to start a side hustle or get a business going isn't because everyone was meant to build this giant empire. One of the main reasons why this is so important to me is because I know that financial strife, like having debt, not having freedom, not having the choice to be able to do the things you want to do is really hard on relationships. And I care about relationships or I wouldn't talk about them so much on the show. When you're straining financially, you don't have the same resources. You don't have the same resources financially to pay for a therapist or to take time off or to take a vacation together or to even hire help with the kids so you've got more time to spend together. You've got those inadequate resources, and that is oftentimes the reason why the divorce rate is so much higher amongst those who struggle financially. Financial stability actually makes emotional intimacy much easier. And the opposite is true of financial instability. It's sad, but it's true. If that's not a whole nother reason for you to consider just creating an additional stream of income to make things a little easier on you, I don't know what else to tell you. So just for convenience sake, check out the show notes right at the top. I'm going to have a link there for Build Your Tribe so you can get subscribed there and just peruse, is that a word? Peruse the titles. Look for a title that you're like, oh, that's a really good one to start with. A title or a subject that pertains to you thinking about starting a business or thinking about a side hustle if you haven't already done that. And if you already have and your business isn't crushing it, please take a listen to Build Your Tribe. You know, everything that I do, all my podcasts, the programs that I create, Marketing Impact Academy, Phase It Up, The Push Journal, Insta Club Hub, Smart Success, like all of these things, they all relate in my mind. In my mind, I just want to help people live a life where they have peace and don't feel like they're chopped up into pieces. When I think about my mission and how I want to help people, it all relates. I want you to have happiness. Happiness starts with relationships. Relationships are easier when we have less financial strain, less physical stress, less mental stress. All of these things, to me, they all come together. And anyways, I just love you so much. I want you to be happy. And let's be honest, when kids are involved, it's a whole different ballgame. I know you're going to try as hard as you possibly can. But if there are no children involved, I think the decision should be more obvious to you if you've done all of these things and the handwriting is on the wall and you have someone who is 0% zero interested in making changes and going to therapy and meeting you halfway. If you have someone who you've tried all of these things and not just for a couple of months, but indefinitely, and you're really being honest with yourself and even you have gone to therapy, then I got to ask you, like, what are you doing? You already know the answer. You are worthy enough. You are good enough. You deserve someone who really, truly deserves you. I love you. I mean it. And I'll talk to you soon. Don't forget to check out instaclubhub.com. Brock and I are helping people crush it on Instagram, and we have so much fun doing it. Why not build your business with us by growing your audience on Instagram? We'll make it fun. We'll get the job done. We make it easy, simple, and seamless. So check out instaclubhub.com.